There he is. Jeffrey Better than ever. Lyons. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to believe this, but Chip Chantry is wearing a Pixies t-shirt. Oh my God. Can you, ma- can you imagine? Chip, a lot of people must ask you about the Man Lake hat. You've been wearing the Man Lake hat for a good five years. Uh, yeah, just, I, uh, yeah, uh, it'll, yeah, uh, just over five years. I was Do you know all the birthdays of all your hats? It'll be, it'll be six, it'll be six years in November. I could actually, I could go back and tell you the exact date if I look. What is it? Something about bees? It's a, it says man lake. We know bees. It's my favorite hat I've ever had. Yeah. I was in Lake Tahoe in November of 2017 with, uh, Todd Glass. Uh, We were were doing a week of shows at Harvey's Casino and Resort in Lake Tahoe. And the first day we were there, I was walking through the casino slash resort slash convention center. And there was a beekeepers convention. And I'm like, (laughs) there's no way I'm not walking through a beekeepers convention. And uh, I saw this hat available for 10 American dollars. Wow. And my, do you know what my only regret is, Jeff? Uh, You didn't buy a beekeepers outfit? That and I did not buy two of these hats. <laughs> there you go. Because it is it's it getting is start- a little afraid. Uh, just like me, it's starting to show its age, and oh. it's 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 a little it's a little worse for the wear. But so so I'm in the market for a new hat. Jeff, here's the thing about hats: mm-hmm. they've changed styles since the last time I've had to purchase yes. one. Yes, yeah. Boy, it's I'm gonna I'm. Can I say it right now? I hate yeah. to use, hate to use coarse language on this podcast, but a bunch of nerd hats out there. There are. Yeah. There's you, you order a hat and then you don't, there's, there's like a dad style hat. Now there's like, just like the overly big high hat. Yes. You know what the I big mean? High hat. The flat, there's the flat brim, flat brim, right. Which I can, um, I can get behind a flat brim sort of, but it's the new ones that are like, it's almost like they're made out of, I don't know, canvas or denim and the, back strap to it it's all about the back strap okay What's, what is it it's jeff you and i came up with the day the the plastic little knobs and holes oh my you god i love that. through a little netting yep. in the back that's yep. what i need for a hat uh this one uh, ha- actually has which i'm not a huge fan of but it works just well it's it is yeah, yeah. velcro it's yeah. velcro but that works it stays sometimes you get your little hairs caught in there but that's fun yeah <laughs> but now they have the new ones where it's like they're flimsy and it's just that fabric with like a buckle yeah i hate like that. the buckle in the back am i am i a pop-up i don't think so you're, you're, that's what you're all the kids are wearing these days i know but you used to know like how many little nubs your how big your dumb head was you'd be like i'm a three nub guy back there yes sometimes yeah. too right? oh look at old four number over here <laughs> hey you brought up todd glass todd's new video it's not new about a year now on mm-hmm. uh on twitter are so damn funny tiktok yes Oh, he does very, on TikTok. <laughs> very funny videos. I don't think I'm speaking out of school uh, because he he has announced it, but he is he's basically bringing an end to his podcast. No, uh, to spend more time on TikTok because he's. I think he'll do po- his podcast from time to time, but he wants to spend the time making these silly, ridiculous videos with his friends, and he he loves it. And I think he's reaching more people with the TikTok. Yeah, more bang for his buck. Yeah. He's really good at it. Like that short form. I mean, no one's better at, you know, telling long, long meandering stories that do have a payoff than, than sure. Todd, but he's just so damn funny in those things. Those like, qu- those quick yeah. things. Yeah. Really, he's, reached really a lot, well he's reached a lot of people. Yeah. 
He's probably touched a lot of people, changed some lives too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, he he's making his way in the world today and he's, it takes everything he got. Oh crap. I didn't know that. Yeah. Chip. Yeah. We haven't talked in a while. It's been a long time. Jeffrey, how are you? Good. I, I noticed you, it seems like this affliction afflicts many of my comedian friends, but, uh, you little oh, James Heskey allergies, huh? Oh man. All you guys. Allergies. Jeffrey, is this going to ruin? I, I apologize. I apologize so much. I can't believe I did this. Is it going to ruin my the podcast, the recording, if I jumped off for a minute and then no. jumped back on? I just no, no. realized I am on the wrong Wi-Fi on my okay. computer, and yeah, it'll yeah. it'll crash if I if I don't. Yeah, I'll yeah. Lose it. So I'll give vamp me two for a seconds. while. Talk talk among yourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Ladies and gent, uh, Todd. I mean Todd. We were just talking about the amazing Todd Glass, um, comedian extraordinaire, good friend of Chip Chantry. Um, Chip right now is going to do some tech things. Chip is very handy when it comes to technology. There's absolutely nothing Chip can't do with technology. And he is making sure, I think he's going up on his roof, adjusting his antenna. He's coming back in right now. Um, he's on his roof, adjusting the antenna to get the proper Wi-Fi. I think he was using his neighbor's Wi-Fi for a while, you know, illegally. So now he's getting back on his own uh, Wi-Fi. I'm just back. I I did almost fall off the roof. I was <laughs> the satellite dish was facing uh, easterly, and I needed to switch that. Ladies and gents, by the way, this is Junk Miles with Chip and Jeff. Back 2023, guys. You're like, where where have Chip and Jeff been? We've been busy, people. And it's to be honest, it's none of your goddamn business. No, it is not. <laughs> No, it is not. So, Chip, I believe we left off, and a lot of people. This has been a bad allergy season, huh? Yes. Yeah. Literally killing people. <laughs> I, I will. Yes, at least the sinus part of people. I, I was, and I, and I feel bad. We were supposed to record last week, but I was mm -hmm. for the first time since the pandy, since the pandemic, since 2019. I was sick last week for the first time. It start started with those pesky allergies, and then just got worse. I had a Jeff, again, I hate to use coarse language, but I had a full blown sinus infection and uh, it was it was not pretty. But, Were you able uh, to perform during it or did you? I did have to cancel some shows. I did. Yeah. I did one show where I thought I because I, I feel bad because I don't want to be yeah. around people if I'm sick. I yeah. thought it was still bad allergies. I really white knuckled through a show because I was feeling OK. And then, boy, you forget that you then have to produce sound from your throat. And that was a, it was a difficult 30 minutes for me to do, but it, I, I got through it and it was, it was fine. Yeah. That's good, man. How have you been Jeffrey? I'm doing okay. You the know, seasonal allergies don't really affect you. Do that. No, you know what? Some I other did allergies, like but not the 15 seasonals. years ago. I went and I got three years worth of allergy shots. Was it worth it? That's yes, my question. A thousand percent. It was a pain in the almost four years. Every week, I every single week I would go and get shots, mm -hmm. little micro doses of four things that I was allergic to. And then after three to four years, I stopped and I was pretty much I could pick up a cat now. I don't have allergies in the spring. Yeah. Like there are certain things that I was allergic to that I don't anymore. Problem is it's it's a lifestyle change for like three years. You just gotta go get here's here's my question i'm a man in my my mid to late 60s yeah is it is it worth it at this point to take three years to do that 
Probably not. I mean, yeah. it depends. I mean, how long is the debilitating allergy season for you? Is it only a month? Is it two months? It can go for a while. It's, it's yeah. things warm up until I'd say mid June. Oh, geez. And then it starts right back up again in September. You might want to, you know what? The technology might be different now. You might be able to get more bigger doses, shorter period of time, but mm. it worked for me. Okay. And uh, I think that's what's important. What works for Jeff? Right. Right. Exactly. So you can take solace while you're feeling crappy. At least, you know, your good buddy, Jeff, put in the work. Flying okay. high. Yeah. But then again, I'm old and I'm going through a bunch of, uh, Chip, for the last month, after I eat, I have a giant pain in my throat, in my chest, and still trying to figure it out. Probably about six years ago, it happened. And I had polyps in my throat. They removed them. And then it got better. They said, yeah, but you have pretty much a little aggravation in your uh, throat might come back. Lo and behold, uh, about a month ago, it started. I love to eat, Chip. Yeah. I do certain things so then I can, you know, splurge and eat fun things and try to enjoy them. What, fun, well, like bumblebees? Yeah, you know, That's sometimes I, I'll go to Man Lake. Okay. Just see a bunch of bumblebees scoop up some and just see what I can get away with. Sure. Yeah, but so I'm trying to figure that out now. I went and had a, uh, I have a good story chip. I went and had my second endoscopy. Endoscopy is basically, they put you out, they stick a camera down your throat, and they just look around and see what's going on. It's it's what I like to call an Australian colonoscopy. There, whoa. <laughs> good day, mate. Just going to stick this. Stick you know, the shrimp down your bobby. Yeah, that's it. It's shrimp down. I'm sure they have some fun word for camera. They have a fun word for everything. I'm sure they have fun word. Like doctors, even like they yeah. have to be very serious, but they're still, it's down in Australia. It's like, Do you, you know, you got some that... awful, awful diagnosis you you have. They they found this spot on your lung and he's like, he's got a guinea in his dunna. You know, like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Who told you that? Your doctor? Well, he's called a willy nogger. <laughs> really? A doctor's a willy nogger? Yeah. Willy-nogger. You know, because they're all, descended from criminals all these yes. australians so they're Absolutely. they don't have the best grasp of words so they just yep. make up silly words and yep. they just try to make do down down under yes not um, like us great americans that's right from do no wrong dissolved from uh <laughs> from just religious zealots that's true that's a good point yeah um but at least we'll be in the end we'll be saved by our god yes we will yes we will i believe all australians are godless people yes yes they are mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I had endoscopy, I, for some I, reason, by the way, we should, yeah. we should address this. If we have any great fans in Australia, of course that's in jest. Mm-hmm. And because the Australian people have given one thing to this world that is undeniably great. And that is the early eighties, Nicole Kidman, classic BMX bandits. That's true. 1000%. Yeah. So you can't fault them for anything else. 1000%. Um, you know, there's a Scottish band called BMX Bandits. And for the longest time, I just thought the BMX Bandits were like just a skate punk band. Like, you know, late 80s, 90s, whatever. I just thought. I saw their name and I'm like, what? And I listened to it. They're just like a Scottish, like experimental type pop band. Ah, yeah. Little, just, little Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, maybe. just nothing. But they just like the name. Yeah, it's great. It's a great name. Great name. So. I thought this was like six years ago, my first endoscopy. I was convinced that I could not be put under anesthesia. I'm just mm. like, because I have this amazing brain and I just figure you can't shut this off. No, right? no. So I guess what I thought I was thinking of was um, 
hypnosis. <laughs> so okay. I'm always always thinking you can't hypnotize me. No, none, none of you cut rate magicians, pen and teller, you know, David Blaine people. You're not going to you're not going to hypnotize me. You're so not going to walk like a chicken. So I literally got so afraid that I was going to wake up with a camera down my throat. And I remember I went to the anesthesiologist. He's super nice. And I'm just like laying there and I, I'm like, hey, buddy. I didn't say, buddy, hello, doctor. Yeah. And I go, uh, what if this doesn't work? And he looked at me, he goes, what if what doesn't work? I said, what if you can't put me under? And he just goes, oh, count to five. I'm like, what? He goes, count to five. And I go, <laughs> one, two, oh. just out. But, but I tell you what, and this is, it happened again. You wake up from an endoscopy hour later. It's like the best sleep. Like you wake up. And they feel, didn't really cut you open or anything. No, so it's not like you, you get a from that. But I didn't realize like, I'm like, that drug, whatever put me out was so great because I just slept so soundly. Mm-hmm. And then I posted on Twitter and like two people go, Jeff, you know, that drug is what Michael Jackson was addicted to. I'm like, what? <laughs> like it's propofol. Like he loved that feeling of sleep so much. He had a private doctor give it to him every single every day. day. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that. I think if I was very rich, I think one of the first <laughs> luxuries I would get was to have my own personal doctor. But I think it would be a terrible it would be a terrible thing though, because then he would just prescribe. But it would like he would just give me like tons of Zyrtec. I think that's what it would be. <laughs> that's his job just to come in your room. He's got a little pill counter. Mm-hmm. He takes your blood pressure every day. Yeah. Does the little stethoscope. Breathe in, breathe out. All right, Chip, here are your pills. Yep. Oh, how great would that we, be? We got oh, that'd be great. I, get- I don't know if I've told this story on on air, but I had almost the opposite experience. <laughs> oh no. When I was in college, I broke oh, my Oh, you told this the story about the nurse and the and the wrist and the And they jumped they jumped on me because they <laughs> they wanted to do the twilight stuff where I was sort of half awake to cut my wrist open Jeez. and then it did work and but man, they jumped and next thing I knew, I was in the uh I I was in a uh I was in a hotel. I was in a uh, hotel six, motel six uh, bathroom, uh, <laughs> bathtub filled with ice. Uh, missed Mission. a kidney, but fe- again, feeling great, feeling wonderful, and that's what yeah. it's all about. Speaking of feeling wonderful, yeah, yeah, we got a great movie today. Yeah, we really do. I'm very excited. Hey, before we get to that, are you running? Because I know you and the wife. You had races coming up, but you're both both sick, both running. What's going on? I am embarrassed Uh-oh. to say this i had a we had a race scheduled for last week yeah up in allentown the saint luke's half marathon which we already had downgraded from half marathon to 5k because we just weren't in the we just we just weren't ready right. for it to run for it so we we're gonna do that but then i got sick and i couldn't do it and just because i was sick these last you know this last week or so I wasn't in, in like wonderful shape yet, like running shape. Like I was a little behind on my training for Broad Street. And then this just totally knocked it out of me the last two weeks I haven't run. So unfortunately, I have to bow out of, of Broad Street this year, which I'm, I'm very upset about because I love Broad Street. But uh, I want to get back. I think I might actually go for a run tomorrow or the next day or two for the first time since I was sick. But uh, Is it true, though? I heard you and Kim eventually downgrade. You did the toddler 1K? We did. Yes, we did. We did the, we did the fun crawl. Well, I hope you feel better. Hope you get back out there. How about and... you, Jeffrey? You've been you've been running yeah. all over, and and again, you you've been off roading, buddy, a lot. Yeah, I uh, I I decided about two years ago. I'm like, you know, I've run enough marathons, and it's fun. I do like road marathons. I like the crowd support, but 
I, I've just gotten into like running in the middle of the woods with no one around and yeah. finding places to just run up and down. And it's beautiful. It's, yeah. uh, you know, the thing is about trail running and it's so true. People are like, so you just see like deer and beautiful things. I'm like, honestly, you have to look down the entire time because the second you look up, you eat it. Yeah. Give, give you a point, a point of reference, Chip. I just ran the Philly Trail Marathon on Sunday, which was maybe the most fun, beautiful, awesome race I've ever done. You know, we love the Wissahickon, you and yes, I, and many people us. in Philadelphia. I trained there all year long, and it was just two loops around the Wissahickon Creek, two 13-mile loops on their trail system, and it's undulating up and down. It was about, I think, 4,500 feet elevation gain throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. so it's you know you you do it but it's slower than a normal marathon because you know if you're running eight nine minute miles on a marathon trails you're doing 11 12 mm -hmm. minute miles because you literally are power hiking up of course trying to run down um you know it's single trail plus you so get distracted by chipmunks and such oh yeah yeah, yeah. plus there's a lot of people running on single trails so mm -hmm. it's like the the, the log jams it takes you a while to get out but i was i i don't know i've i've had in december i did a 50k in march i did a 50k and here i just did a 26 and i've been in really good running shape and this race i'm like i have not tripped or fallen down in this is my third race i was at mile 22 just past two people i was feeling good like it's called picking off like you know you wait you do your race People went out a little too fast. You start picking them off. Mm -hmm. And I made the mistake. I, uh, I looked up for probably a millisecond and yeah. I fell so hard, but I had, I was carrying a, just a water bottle. And as I fell, I grabbed both my hands onto the water bottle and just fell onto it. A little padding saved okay. me chip. Oh, that's great. And, uh, let me show you a little something fun. Ladies and oh. gentlemen, this is, uh, the people who put on the race, Uber Endurance Sports, amazing group of people. I'm showing Chip a little Swiss German weather station. It looks like a little cuckoo clock. Yeah, it does. That the uh, race director builds and makes. I, uh, I I came in third place in my age division. Congratulations. And they Jeffrey. gave me this little uh, beautiful little house. So I was very wow. excited. I've never, you know, I've never received a, a small German house before. No. But hey, there's a first for everything. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Yeah. So, you know, you know, well, that's wonderful. And, you know, you're just such a stronger runner than I am. Also smarter runner, because a lot of times I've been doing a lot of trail runs recently. I've been I didn't want to say too much. Yeah. But instead of carrying a water bottle, I carry a freezer bag full of cutlery. And yeah, luckily, I have not fallen. No, luckily well, I have not fallen yet. you know what? If it works for you right now, continue doing it. But okay. be careful. And uh, lastly, before we get to the topic at hand, I want everybody to go out there. Chip, new album, one of the bands we love. Mm -hmm. Sam, I am first album in like eleven years. I think somebody saw them live recently. Oh, Chip, it was. I saw it the night before my marathon. Normally, if I do a race, wow, I stay you. in, right, Chip? And where were they playing? They played at the Underground Arts. Great, great, great venue. place. Oh, mm -hmm. so I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pass up. I'm going to have a fun night with a bunch of 40, 50 year old, mostly men. Yep. See, see Sam. I am probably my favorite band right now. Past probably 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. It was so fun. They were so good. The crowd was 
the crowd energized Sam. I am so much. I could tell they were taken aback by how good they, there were just 45 year old, like old punk dirt bags in a pit. That's great. Stage diving, having so much fun. Um, it was great. Got home at like 1230, but this new album chip, five songs, at least five of these songs could be in the top 20, 25 Sam. I am songs ever song. Ha- haven't, haven't lost a step. That's crazy. Speaking of haven't lost a step, let's talk about the movie singles. That's a segue that had uh, no no rhyme nor reason to it. it. It worked. It worked for me. Chip, let me tell a little. Let me tell people if they're not familiar with the 1992 American romantic comedy film, written and produced and directed by Cameron Crowe, beloved writer, director, <laughs> producer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, starring Bridget Fonda, Campbell Scott. Kira Sedgwick and Matt Dillon. It features appearances from several musicians prominent in the 1990s grunge movement scene in Seattle. Chip, a young Chip Chantry back in 1992. You were probably what, 14? Maybe. Uh, boy, you nailed it. 14, yeah. 14 going on 15. Yeah. There you go. Were you, were you a were you a grunge guy? Did you get in that right away? Oh God. I mean, that was my high school experience. Nirvana's Nevermind came out my freshman year, which which all those, you know, mm-hmm. 1991, 92 is my freshman year of high school. You know, so I was grunge all the way. Pearl Jam, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Yeah, and this movie literally came out when the scene was just at the start of exploding. Originally, this movie sat on the shelves of Warner Brothers for a year. Mm-hmm. It was done, and they're like, "We don't know how we're going to market this." And then all of a sudden, Nirvana hit, and they're like, "Oh shit, we have a gold mine on our hands." And you know what they did? They put out the soundtrack three months before the movie. Did they? They're like Cameron Crowe said, "Guys, this is going to be some good marketing here. Let's give them a taste." Because if you look at you know the bands, there you go, single. Chip, read some of the names of the bands on one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. So if you're a young kid, yeah. first off, go listen to the movie. Listen to the soundtrack singles. The soundtrack is, not to take anything away from the movie, but the soundtrack, we have Alice in Chains. I mean, per- Pearl Jam. Chris Cornell, you have Soundgarden. I mean, grunge godfather Paul Westerberg <laughs> is there. I mean, that's a little off, but I mean. Smashing his, Pumpkins. His, song, his songs are great. It's a great juxtaposition from yes. the crunch because it's so poppy and it's so, so catchy poppy and so light. And, yep. <laughs> it works perfectly. Smashing pumpkins, um, mud honey. Yeah. I think there was, wasn't there a, a, a screaming trees? Yeah. 
the, there was a Mother Love Bone song on yeah. it. And there was even a, it's not on the soundtrack, there's a Pixies tune in there. Yeah. That was, that was in the back. Um, uh, by the way, Jeffrey, it, it, it's, su it's such a great soundtrack. It just, it's sort of the quintessential grunge soundtrack. Yeah, say. I think Rolling Stone has named it it like number sixty of its uh, of the top hundred grunge albums of all time. Like it's, it's it it really is wonderful. I have to say, I was a little disappointed because again, I was a grunge kid. Some of my favorite grunge bands did not make it onto the soundtrack or didn't make, and like oh, yeah? you know, they were big Seattle bands that got cut from the movie or the Cameron Crow for some reason decided not to use them. Uh, is is it okay? I just like to give my yeah. I would love to hear some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my favorite grunge bands of the early '90s that I didn't make. Can't you know? wait to so, hear them. So again, we had Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mother Love Bone, Mud Honey, uh, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, Screaming Trees. All these great bands. I'm not taking anything away from those no, bands. No, of course not. But some of my favorite bands. I'm sure some of you. I'm sure you have some of these T-shirts. Now, were you a grunge? Were yeah. you a grunge guy? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was a tried and true. Uh, Punk rock guy, like I, I literally was in 1990, 91, just hating, hating uh, Guns N' Roses and all that, like I death to all the hair metal. I hated Guns N' Roses. I, I was, I see, I enjoyed Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses was my one, if you want to call them hair metal band, that I did enjoy, but I was growing a little tired of them. But man, I, I hated hair metal so much, so, so, so much. And just the rock at that time was bad, except mm -hmm. save for like, if you're into like, the Pixies were still almost coming to the, mm -hmm. the forefront, but they were still considered along with like the Pixies, Sugar, but they were still underground. They were still, you know, not on the mainstream. They were on the college charts. Yeah. But uh, what other bands, Chip? What, what were we missing on this? Soundtrack? I mean, one of my favorites is, uh, you know, Shrieking Zebra. Yeah. One of my, uh, mm -hmm. They were so, so good. I mean, just that, that front man was great. The Brunsons. <laughs> Just such a great, I you know, I think they were actually out of Portland, but they were, yep. I mean, mm -hmm. just that that guttural voice that he had. Um, Jeffrey's Assassin was mm -hmm. one of my all time favorites. I saw them at Lollapalooza, I think. On a I remember, stage. I remember they were big, and people always come up to me and they're just like, uh, "Are you afraid?" I'm like, you "Of afraid? what?" They're all, and I'm like, "Oh, I get it." I'm like, "No, I, I Jeffrey's Assassin, it's not me. It's somebody it's else. Not, somebody, it's a different." I hope. I mean, <laughs> hey, you don't know. You don't know. Uh, uh, one of my other favorites, Plummeting Orphan. Yep, was mm -hmm. just what a logo. What a, I mean, just a, that that t shirt was horrifying. Um, of course, Honey Truck. Mm -hmm. You know, Honey Truck was just uh, seven Morty seven <laughs> with the number sevens. Of yeah, course, yeah, of course. <laughs> stylized Todd Bridges. Yeah, not not the actor Todd. Bridges, no, the, just the it, was was like just it was kind of like an homage to Todd. It was kind of like how Pearl Jam was originally called Mookie Blaylock. Right, you know, right. Todd Bridges. Did Todd uh, Bridges the actor sue? Was that the uh, reason they, they might have changed their name? Yeah, but it was actually because of the action figures that they put out. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, My Mom's Woodshed was always... That was one of my favorites. I mean, because it was that female dual vocalist mm -hmm. thing that I really liked. Um, and in that same vein, Aunt Linda's Dudgeon yep. was... You know, they they did a couple soundtracks, I think, but they didn't get us one. Um, and then, of course, I mean, what a sad story about the the van. And I, I don't even want to get into it, but a uh, rusted horse quarry mm -hmm. was such a it's weird to have ahead a, of their ahead of their time. It's weird to have a whole band die at once. Right. Yes. Yeah. Vaporized. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how does an entire van of 
people get vaporized. I don't we know. St- we don't. We still don't have the answers. For and that. and they really no one's looking into it, nor no. have they ever. But rest in peace, rusted horse quarry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course you have the Jody Foster children, mm-hmm. which were. I mean, really, I mean, they were ahead of their time. And of course they went on to, you know, people went on to the Foo Fighters from them and, yeah. and a couple other bands, Silverchair and all that. And then of course, <laughs> yep. and then of course, finally, uh, I think my favorite grunge band of all time, Dirt Wench. Dirt Wench. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? 747? Was that the one too you, you mentioned there? Yeah, 747. Yeah. Okay. Such a, yeah. Such I remember, I always remember seeing the concert posters like 747 dirt wench and they're all the different fonts and you're like god i would love to just go out there and just be part of that scene yeah yeah and i think that's the thing that this movie did back then like it was so exciting that it came out right when the music did and i remember going to see this in the theater and i was so like envious that like cool people who were just starting like their professional lives were able to go out and see cool bands and even though one guy worked for just a normal job and the other one had a normal job the other ones were you know in you know working in coffee houses they could all just go see cool bands yeah just like oh it's tuesday let's go see soundgarden at yeah. the club yeah right yeah. um i thought this movie it started a little clunky and i really thought oh shit they're going to keep this talking to the camera little vignettes going mm-hmm. it's a little too kind of like aren't we clever it's cutesy it's cutesy but they they kind of did it got away from it but when um oh uh bridget fonda did hers i was fully on board i literally i think fell in love with her and her character within like five minutes oh yeah like just rooting for her she was so relatable so funny like you completely understood why she fell for mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. And that dynamic was for me, probably the, the most fun. I realized the, the one with Kira Sedgwick and Kira Sedgwick Scott. And Campbell Scott, that's kind of like mom and dad. You yes. Know, that, they were right. the, a little bit more advanced, a Poignant. little bit older. Yes. And obviously uh, a, a much darker turn in the plot. Yeah. 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 Not as light, but, but yeah, that, you know, and I, I think Bridget Fonda didn't get the screen time that she deserved. She did a little more. I think she she could have gotten we could we could have seen her a little bit more. She was so great. Oh my god, I, I I'll be talking about her quite often. But I think Matt Dillon was the only big star when they cast this movie. Mm-hmm. Bridget Fonda, I believe, had a couple small things. Campbell Scott, he came off a movie I think where he played someone dying. Uh, yes. It was like very poignant. I think it was called. It's uh, called like Dying Young or something. Dying like Young, yeah. Killing Scott, Killing Scott, Killing Scott. Yes, Killing Jeffrey's Scott, assassin. Jeffrey's assassin were on that soundtrack. Uh, Keir Sedgwick um, was also like in local theater, but Matt Dillon was a big star then. So I they believe did... he was offered the Campbell Scott role, mm-hmm. I think, and then and turned it down and wanted to do the Cliff role instead. Yes, that's pretty cool because who else could have done it that well? Like that was totally him. Even though Cameron Crowe wanted the lead singer of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, to actually play that role. Mm-hmm. Chris Cornell's like, listen, my music career is starting to take off. I'm not going to yeah. jeopardize that. But he let Chris Cornell obviously be in the movie. Yeah, not only was it a burgeoning music scene, but you had these three kind of not a, pretty much unknown actors who 
pretty much held their own with Matt Dillon. And I thought those four solid lead actors and then the supporting actors, all great. Amazing. So great. The film was distributed by Warner Brothers, released three months after the soundtrack. People were chomping at the bit, Chip, Mm -hmm. for this movie because they heard all those great songs. It uh, it was considered a moderate box office success with $18 million. In today's money, that is $42 billion. Yeah, so, you know, it it did okay. Um, Let me give you just a couple fun facts before we get distracted it was uh based on a script by cameron crow he wrote it in 1984 had nothing to do with seattle he just had this idea of like young people had a music scene but they were like you know finding love all that good stuff but then the um he did a movie say anything in seattle Mm-hmm. before this two years before so he had his hand on the pulse of the scene then he heard about the lead singer andrew wood of mother love bone died and he saw seattle come together and he's just like wow what an amazing music scene so he originally so he got back to it he's like going to seattle rewriting this whole thing changed the location and um there you have it that he, he did a wise thing because he was at the right place at the right time man he nailed it just yeah. I, I got a question for you. Yeah. Campbell Scott, yay or nay? Hmm. Well, here's a fun fact, Chip. He wasn't the most liked guy, I think, on the set. He has a bit of a cockiness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he got in a physical fight with Cameron Crowe during the filming because Cameron Crowe is a pretty mellow guy. And he's a pretty, from all the things you hear about, pretty sweet guy. Yes. Uh, Campbell Scott, due to his uh, ongoing sarcasm throughout the shoot. So I think he might have thought he was a little too maybe big for his bridges, but they got in a fight. I don't I don't love him. I don't think I think he was okay in the role. Mm -hmm. I thought he was a little much at times. I think many people could have filled that role just as well. Mm -hmm. The other roles, I think, were perfectly cast. Yeah. What about you? Are you Campbell Scott guy? You know I am, and uh, yeah, I'm thinking that I you don't see him as I know he's he he has been in a number of things. I just haven't seen him in a whole uh, the things that I saw. And I thought, oh man, he could be a real leading man, but maybe it was that attitude that uh, yeah. people didn't want to. It's like, hey, if you can't work with the crow, camera crow, then yeah. who can you who can you work with? He also, I I think he might have also suffered from the fact that he's just a few years younger than the one and only Tim Robbins, and I get yeah. a very Tim Robbins feel. Yeah, from yeah, him. I can see that. And I, w- I wonder if he sort of was was the, the backup to him. But although also can never remember his name. Always have to Google. Yeah, him. yeah. Every time I try to remember Campbell Scott, I can't do it. He was in a I, I will say there's one movie that I he plays a fairly minor role. He only has a few quick scenes in it. But uh, a 1996 low budget movie, indie movie called The Day Trippers. Did you ever see The Day Trippers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was with in that. Uh, Hope Davis. Parker Hope Davis Posey, is great. Yes. Uh, Liev Shriver. Um yeah. Stanley Tucci is in it. The um, who is uh, Ann Mira? Ann Mira is in it. Uh, ben Stiller's mom yeah. is in it. Uh, great movie. If you've never seen the Day Trippers, uh, I want to. Yeah, one of my favorite indie comedies. Of and the that's 90s. right when people were discovering Parker Posey as like the indie it girl. Like Man, back she's, then, she's the best. She is yeah. one of my favorites of all of all time. Speaking of, you said Stanley Tucci, Tucci, whatever. Yep. He, uh, Campbell Scott went on to direct a movie and he directed Stanley Tucci's Big Night. Okay. That movie about him and his brother, they have an Italian restaurant and the whole movie revolves around them making this amazing dish 
because they think a famous food critic is coming to their restaurant mm -hmm. and it's called like a timpani or something it's a giant like multi-layered meat and pasta and vegetable dish very good movie makes you hungry so i gotta i gotta check that out yeah big night um another thing chip we love about a movie like this 99 minutes long just it, it it gets in it gets out yeah you know, the, the days are short in seattle <laughs> you don't have time for all of this Let's get in. Let's get let's get out. Yeah, they said they originally wanted to do close to two hours, but they only had literally 99 minutes of usable film where it wasn't raining or overcast. Is, is that right? That's amazing. That, only 99 minutes out of a uh, eight month shoot. Yeah, I, I get it. I get you know it. what I love about movies like this where you cast uh, musicians in roles mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, why doesn't that musician say anything like they just have them in the background? Eddie Vedder basically say anything. Jeff Ament, uh, of course, amazing bass player for Pearl Jam. Great guy. Awesome collection of hats. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe two of the worst line reads ever early in the movie. Can I do, can I do one? Yeah, do one, please. Cliff, when we're young. Chip, that stuck out to me so much. That was the follow-up to a minute before. Hey, Cliff, can you move your van, man? It's... It's so the little shrug of the shoulder, the little mm -hmm. sightly defeated while we're young. It reminds me of when Spicoli's brother, who might be the worst actor of all time, where he says, Curtis, where you just be like, you came into like Jeff's room and like, yeah, said like two lines, the worst line reads. And like, and he's Pen a child. He's a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff meant not great. And of which, course, you know that my favorite <laughs> bands of the grunge era were rusted horse quarry and honey truck. But yeah. other than that, Pearl jam was by, I mean, I worshiped Pearl jam. Rightly boy, so boy, that, that brought them just a little bit closer to earth for me, which was nice. I thought it was, it was really neat that they were, you know, the supporting band citizen Dick in it. Yep. Um, Eddie Vedder kind of taught um, Matt Dillon how to play guitar. So like in that one scene, at least he was doing, you know, noodling correctly. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and Eddie Vedder was the drummer. Eddie had two small lines, which were great. I believe I think he did. I think he nailed it. Pr yeah, he pretty did. Well. Yeah. Um, Mike McCready, I think his line was like, "Well, Jeff Ament did come back, and he's just when he's reading the review, and he's like, you know, uh, and then the uh, he was ably back by Jeff and Stone. So yeah, yeah, it's good. And uh, somebody, which, I, I forget which one of them had the. It, it's a really funny read where he's like something like a good review for us yes a good review for you that was Wh whoever delivered that is great that was i think that was stone gossard okay right yeah oh by the way a lot of uh man a lot of pop-ups in this one oh a yeah a lot of pop-ups want me to give you a good pop-up story yeah this is good um when i think the most famous of course when um let's see when debbie hunt went to get her video done Yes. Which is one of the greatest, one of my favorite lines ever uh, by her. But when she went to get the By video the way, she's dip. walking in, and yes. that's when the Pixies dig for fire is playing. Yes. Which is great. And then uh, you're just blown away by this. The director of the video was none other than Tim Burton. And one of the best lines from director Cameron Crowe said, when he came on, 
Oh my God, Chip, I got a phone call. I never get phone calls. Wow. Oh, I was, I'm calling you actually. Oh, hey, Chip. How you doing, yeah. man? Hey. Oh, I'm doing a podcast with you right now. Oh, hey. Oh, sorry. I'll call you back later. So Cameron Crowe said, man, there was never a more clear reminder of where I was on the food chain as a director as when Tim Burton flew up for the day because my whole crew <laughs> kicked it up eight notches. When he walked on set, they were like, dude, this is our chance to work on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome is that? Tim Burton playing a director. Fantastic. Just, you know, very small role. Um, yeah. And then Cameron Crowe just being like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. This is Tim Burton. The, yeah, the Tim Burton. Uh, who was the talking mime, Chip? Stoltzy. Stoltzy's Stoltz. in there. Eric Stoltz is, and I think he's great in it. Boy, he, you know, th there's the famous story of him losing the job of Back to the Future. Yep. And you wonder what it, but man, throw him in a cameo in the nineties, mm -hmm. you know, put him in Pulp Fiction as the drug dealer, put it, man, he, he could just live off of cameos and he's yeah. just, he's so great. And he was, he was loud. He was a jerk as the mime. I mean, he, he nailed it. Yeah. He was also one of his oh, great wordless uh, cameos in um, Fast Times Richmond High. He was, um, oh, that's right. Yeah. He was one came of, out the, of surfer, the van surfer brother. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 making his, on-screen feature film debut uh, and making out hard, boy, making out hard in a, in a restaurant, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. The Gmots was was there. And like, I think a lot of people might not, if, you, if you're not paying attention too much, you might not even realize that it is a young Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I think he says like one word, like what? Yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. Um, another great one, Jer Jeremy Piven mm -hmm. improvised his role, Chip. This is such a nugget. If you people... You listen to Chip and Jeff talk about movies. A lot of times we have guests on talking about their favorite movies. Um, you're going to get great little nuggets. Mm -hmm. These are little nuggets that you put into your brain. Get rid of your social security number memory yep. nugget. Get rid of that. Yeah. Get rid of passwords for Netflix. You're going to need them, but just get rid Forget of Forget my mom's birthday. My mom's birthday. That's right. You're going to need room for these little nuggets. Jeremy Piven improvised this whole role, and they were fine with it. He riffed about Steve mixing public enemy, bring the noise with Elvis Costello's what's so funny about peace, love and understanding. Um, the only problem was, and I was amazed by this because he actually said the lyrics read. I said verbally the lyrics to both songs. They had to pay rights for the music mm -hmm. because not only do you have to pay rights for the music when you play the music, but if you say the words, one lyric you have to pay the rights to. So it costs them a couple hundred thousand dollars because for, I of, mean, for a low budget movie, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's so funny though, where it's like, let him go. And then they're like, Oh shit. Say what you will about J Pivs today. I know he is problematic. I think I believe yeah. there's some, some issues with him. Great standup. He, oh man, just, just <laughs> he, he, he's a truth teller, but Man, in the '90s, he had some some great roles, and I mean, he, oh yeah, he was so good in that. He plays a very similar character in a, another great movie, uh, John Cusack's Gross Point Blank. Oh, where he he's plays amazing, high school buddy. He's amazing yep. in that. He uh, he he's he's a, scene, a straight up scene stealer in that movie. Yes, he is, and uh, I love him. In I even have it on DVD. This is sad. Uh, the 1994 hit PCU. <laughs> he's great in it. He's great in it. He's he's the '90s. You know? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, another real quick one. I don't know how famous he was at the time. I don't think he was, but uh, a very distinguished Victor Garber shows up at the end. Yes, of the we are huge Alias fans. My family, okay. 
Victor Garber, of course, one of the best parts of Alias. And whenever he shows up in something, like, we are just so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks he looks like someone pretending to be Victor Garber. He does, <laughs> but I he guess does. he's young, and he's a little mustache. And, yeah, yeah uh, he's, they, they tried to old him up. They tried to dad him up. They tried to dad him up, right? Um, yeah. yeah, but that was so, it's so fun just when, you know, when he pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, we talked about Eddie Vedder was in it. Chris Cornell was the guy listening. Mm-hmm to the uh when cliff tried to put a car stereo into uh his his ex-girlfriend's car yeah the uh, the amazing um what's her character's that keep janet oh my god is it janet yeah it's janet yeah um when he tries to put the uh speakers in janet's car and a- another little one uh tad doyle from the band the seattle grunge band tad was the guy Janet accidentally calls and replies, I'll be right over. That's right. Tad Doyle. What Tad, do you think about it? Tad, yeah. Big he guy. Was... Big guy in real life, Tad Doyle. Yes, large, large man. Large man. But, but man, what a just a who's who of everybody in the 90s was in was in that movie. That was great. Um yeah, I told you they they didn't originally want to release it, but they did. And uh after Nirvana's explosive debut. Um Here's something fun, Chip. Let me see if you can guess this. Um, Finish the sentence, Chip. You ready? The film was initially about a group of Seattle grunge-loving wrestlers called, not singles. You might not know this. You might have to. Doubles. Uh, Singlets. 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 Yeah, yeah. I guess guess because, I guess wrestlers wear singles. Wrestlers wear singles, of course. Right. These are just part of the uh, things I found out. Wow. Okay. Wait, it's not true, Chip. The film was originally about a group of Seattle grunge, grunge loving roofers called. Oh, I, shingles. Shingles. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a great one. I think that's right. And then um, there was another movie similar. It was a film about uh, initially about a Walnut Grove grunge loving unmarried prairie girl called. Ingles. Yeah, the full title is Laura Singles Wild. <laughs> Laura Singles Wild, I remember, yes. Oh, goodness. Goodness me. Now, Chip, not every, you know, everything has some controversy to it. Everything's, yeah. it's not all flowers and, and kisses and, yeah. and, you know, unicorns and stuff. This movie, you know, moderate success. People are happy about it. Warner Brothers was just like, let's, let's jump on this, you know, like, mm-hmm. let, let's do something. So they said to Cameron Crowe, Let's turn this into a TV series, okay. right? What we're going to do is take these six people and just have a weekly thing. They're in the coffee house. They're having fun. Three guys, three girls. Chip, listen to what I'm saying. Three Wait guys, three, three guys, three girls, coffee shop. Some people have, some of the guys have professional jobs. One guy's a job in the arts. Um, Crow, uh, Crow said, no, I don't want to do that. But this was Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers had uh, two TV show creators, David Crane and Marta Kaufman. About a year later, 1994, two years later, um, a show Friends pops up. Cameron Crowe called his lawyer and tried to stop it. NBC went ahead with the idea anyway, incorporating many of the elements in the proposed series Friends. Um, 
and then they eventually had to change the thing. They got rid of the music aspect. Like they weren't a group of friends who were were go to see music. Right. They were, they were a group of friends who were who would just, go to dance in a fountain. Dance in a fountain and and just really concentrate on hanging out with only white people. Y- yes. Which yes. was the, the the glue that held That's the glue friends, yes. friends mm-hmm. together. Yes. So yeah, you know, apartment building, young, good-looking people, but they just turned them into. Here's the thing in the movie, singles. Good-looking but interesting-looking people. Bridget yes. Fonda, super cute. Yes, like Kira Sedgwick, Sedgwick interesting, interesting-looking. Mm-hmm. Campbell Scott, maybe not classically handsome, but. And then, you know, of something. course, you have handsome Matt Dillon. But, but when even they went with Matt Dillon, it's not like Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon. It's grungy, yeah, weird Matt Dillon. But for friends, there's like, get us the three hottest women possible. Yes. Dress them up differently mm-hmm. for the guys. But then for the guys, they did okay. They're just yeah. like, get us one complete dork, David mm-hmm. Swimmer. Get us a normal looking everyday man, Chandler. Mm-hmm. And then get us a little hunk, Joey. Yes. Yeah. But they went I, all out for the women. I will say that they, boy. And it's done so well because it's Debbie Hunt, the, yes. the redhead, is so disturbing, and she makes me so <laughs> uneasy. And I, I mean, obviously, that's by design. She, yes. It's such a great job because she is just unhinged, and just her look at, when they put her in that bicycling outfit, it oh. is, it is horrifying, and it's it's so funny, and she, her she just nails that role. Waiting at the restaurant with just her. So you, you can tell the seething she was, but mm-hmm. she has one of the greatest lines of all time where she's just flying during the video and her one little line, she ends it with, I'm fairly intense. <laughs> it's... And I'm fairly intense. Come, come taste the flavor. Come to Debbie country. I'm fairly intense. So no, knowing her knowing that she's fairly intense to me just was such a perfect. It's, oh, it's so great! And by the way, the the responses to her video ad fantastic. Is, one of my favorite reads is just that guy at the end. I am very, very, <laughs> very lonely. It's it's so good. You as a comedian who values the simplicity of words, mm. values the economy of words, when you can put very in front of something so simple like that is such a because in writing they're always like get rid of the word very Mm -hmm. you're not a good writer if you're putting very in front of something but so many jokes so many lines benefit from that very very um the band allison chains not only on the soundtrack of course but played two songs live in the movie they refused to lip sync chip there's such such ought such like respect purists. what we do purists yeah. that they performed live on the set every time they played look at that pretty damn cool right mm-hmm. um another fun thing and this is this is a grunge rock tidbit again another nugget chip they mention uh citizen dick had a bunch of song titles written down and uh, one of them was Seasons. One, the, one of the dumbest song titles they had for Citizen Dick was Spoon Man. Spoon Man. Right. Chris Cornell looked at the list of song, song titles and goes, I'm going to write some actual songs. So Seasons is the song that appear, appears in the soundtrack. And Spoon Man turns out to be one of their biggest songs ever. Huge hits. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
let me see. Oh, um, this is another tidbit. And Chip, this comes to something that we love. When Steve takes up Linda to his apartment, an REM song is playing. Do you remember yes. which one? I believe it's radio song. It is radio song playing in the background. And right after Steve says, I was a DJ in college, what lyric hits? Uh, remind me. I know. The DJ sucks. The DJ sucks. That's the right. end of that that's line. Right. They had it perfectly synced up, very that's subtle. Right. I about that. Yeah. And that's just Cameron Crowe. I think sometimes Cameron Crowe has an idea of music he just wants to put in a movie, and yeah. then the movies are a little secondary. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, what? wouldn't you be one of the happiest guys? Like, one of the nicest compliments someone said to me was, like, you would be great at making, putting music on soundtracks. That's all I'd want to do. That, 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 is, like, that is my one And job. I always think of you as someone who'd be the same exact excited to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, just sitting there with scenes and being like, oh, wait, you want movie that will just buoy in the background, then will come up, then will go down, and then yep. will enhance, and then... I got the song. Like picture like that's your it's the best. It would be the greatest job in the world. Another thing about this movie is a lot of these actors went on and did some things, but they didn't all become like, you know, breakout stars. Like you had Bridget Fonda, just basic. She was in Jackie Brown, again, amazing. She ends up marrying um Danny Elfman mm -hmm. and she decides I want to be a normal human. Yeah. Campbell Scott, like we talked about earlier, like just went away. But he did some like TV, he directed some stuff, but he wasn't the high profile guy. Kira Sedgwick went to TV, clothes or stuff like that. But I don't know if you know this, they are all right now doing stuff on YouTube. Like really? all four of them. What if I tell you what some of these stars are doing on YouTube and you guess the name of their channel? Okay, okay. I just have a, just a couple. This um, single star now is a YouTube channel where he makes and drinks broths, consommes, minestrones, chowders, uh, et cetera. It's very popular. It's also on Twitch. One of my favorite live streams, that is, I believe, Campbell's Soup. It's Campbell's Soups. That's right, Campbell's Soup. Not only, Chip, does he, does he make them, but when he's done making them, he spends 10 minutes eating and drinking the bowl in total silence, wow. each soup. It's kind of like ASMR. People just love to hear him slurp up a big bowl of tomato, mm -hmm. bisque. Who, would, who wouldn't love that? Campbell Soups, very popular YouTube, also Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, oh, boy. Uh, this single star now is a YouTube channel where he makes sandwiches. He just like makes all these amazing sandwiches. Thing is, Chip, he only uses one condiment, a traditional mustard of France, of course, named after this famous town in France. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever seen it? Uh, I is is that is that Matt Dijon's? It's Matt Matt Dijon. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because he makes all these delicious sandwiches. Yeah, and the one thing that really holds the channel together. So one thing that people come, he puts Dijon mustard on everything. 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 It's like, hey, look at these. He's showing you how to make a classic PBJ. Yep. Love Dijon at the very that. end, and again, much like his friend Campbell eats the entire thing in silence just quietly i like quietly that. and sometimes it takes up to an hour because he's doing other stuff he's he's a busy guy he's uh he's, he's reading contracts doing some chores sure. chores right right um up oh, got a couple more chip 
Uh, this star now has a YouTube channel where she makes candles out of grass-like plants with strappy leaves while her husband makes truly awful music in the background with his brother. She makes candles. So that would be... Uh, uh, wait, okay. Is that Kira's Hedgewicks? It's Kira's Sedgwicks. 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 Sedgwick. Of course, Sedge is the grass-like plant with oh, strapping. Right, 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 right. Right. So it's Kira's Sedgwicks. She makes these amazing candles out of this grass-like plant. And the whole time she's doing it, it's very labor-intensive. In the background, her husband with his guitar and his brother, his guitar, are making some of the most awful folk rock country music you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And that's the draw. A lot of people, they, a lot of young kids are like, how long can you watch one of Kira Sedgwick's videos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And this is another amazing thing, Chip. At the end, good 10, 15 minutes, she eats every candle. <laughs> In silence. Well, it's not too silent. It's really, it's loud. It's loud because, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of coughing and hacking. Ca- 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 and then plus the music in the background. Yeah, it's it's a maelstrom of unpleasantness. It, re- it really is. A cacophony of... Of, uh, of just unpleasant. Yeah. But it's, but you know what? She's like, it gets eyeballs. Mm-hmm. People, you know, it, it's kind of, it's viral. It's getting clicks. Right? It's getting clicks. And lastly, Chip, th- I think this is probably everybody's favorite. Um, oh, boy. Uh, this single star now is a YouTube channel where she prepares melted cheese served in a communal pot over a portable stove heated with a candle or spirit lamp and eaten by dipping bread into cheese using long stem forks while her husband, Danny Elfman, just does a bunch of weird shit in the background. I, I believe that is uh, Brid- Bridget Fondue's. It's Bridget's Fondue. Yeah. 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 Some, and, some and again and again they're chip. keeping with the times <laughs> they're keeping with the times this podcast should be called and again chip because i think that's what <laughs> i say the most and again chip she ends this by eating all the the cheese drip bread and then her weirdo husband danny elfman pours the cheese all over his oddly tattooed shirtless body yeah while he's composing music i, I mean I, I wait for it every week. No, no. A lot of people didn't know they have side jobs, but everybody's everybody's got a side gig going. They're all, YouTube, they're all YouTubers. Yeah. Speaking of sticking with the times, what a time capsule this movie is. Like, yes. It's, it's almost like Stranger Things quality. Like, it, it's almost like it's a period piece. It's a period piece in its time. It's, it's the most 1992 thing. I think the only thing that's more 1992 than this would be like Ross Perot. <laughs> Was Ross Perot in 92 or was he 96? I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. It may, one or the other. One or the other. I think yeah. 96. 96. So maybe maybe I missed the mark on that one. But it, 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 so it, let's just say it is the most 1992 thing. Just the technology, the the plot of the movie would be completely different if yeah. this was today. Be, just because, okay, the answering machine tape yes. gets ruined. Expl- explain that to your daughters, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Uh the the garage door opener slash pager yeah weird the right? size of a brick yep video dating oh i mean no tinder i mean just the, the lengths that they went to to produce there was a film crew involved with making her 
video dating that you just could throw it on Tinder these days. And then, of course, at the end, Campbell Scott tries to fax out his resumes. Yeah. I mean, just what a what a time capsule for 1992 that, that those things will never be seen again. I'll tell you something that really hit home and it was great. And it, people might not understand what was happening, but when they all left the club the first time, what did they do? They went to a magazine stand yes. and I'm like, why are they hanging out there? What's the reason? Why would Kira Sedgwick be on the ground paging through magazines? And it's simply because I used to do it because there was no internet. There was no yeah. way to know what your favorite, if you weren't watching, you know, entertainment tonight, TV shows weren't covering the bands. Mm-hmm. So you'd go into tower records, you'd spend an hour in front of their giant magazine racks and you'd pick mm-hmm. up like new music express from London. You'd pick up uh, CMJ college music journal. You would pick up all the weird fanzines in the bottom. And that's what they were doing. They were just yep. like, we're chilling. Mm-hmm. We're at this like kiosk that's, and I was like, that is such a wonderful, and of course they didn't do it at the time for any other reason than, hey, that's what people did back then. Yeah, They had outdoor magazine things because that's how people quickly found out like, hey, is a band playing? Let me go check, you know, the, the, the local daily or whatever. I thought that was such a great scene. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, by like, the way, yeah, Kira Sedgwick's friend Ruth, played by Devin Raymond, wanted to see more from her. I know she was yes. just a friend. But man, she was, do you, and I looked up, she, she didn't do much after that. Do you feel I like think she was in like Star Trek or something like that? You kind of felt like there's a lot of cut scenes that yes. she was probably in mm-hmm. because she had that little, you know, the little kind of playful thing with his friend and his friend got kind of tossed aside too early on. Yes. Yeah. Right. Boy, he, Cause they even, they even, I, the way I read this, the synopsis of the movie is six friends living in mm-hmm. and if you do the the numbers it's it's campbell scott kira sedgwick matt dillon bridget fonda and then uh the the girl who played debbie the the yeah. redhead and then his buddy who was the major d yeah boy he he didn't he didn't get a lot of screen time at all no they and he seemed like a fun you know chandler-esque kind of guy and yeah. uh but uh yeah i thought like i expected a little more f- from her, not from her, but I wanted more out of her. Yeah, yeah. Good point, Chip. Good point. So, Devin Raymond, if you're out there, get back, get back on screen. Let's let's see what you can do. Yeah, I was. We were talking about the soundtrack to say to uh, singles, but if you look at the soundtrack for say anything that preceded this, and it also had a Mother Love Bone song on it, and that's kind of like where his wow, I didn't um, realize that. So you got the Say Anything soundtrack. And again, he loves putting soundtracks. You got Peter Gabriel, Cheap Trick, Depeche Mode. And again, this was Say Anything was 89. Mm-hmm. Like just any movie that had a soundtrack, you know, you harken back to the John Hughes movies where, you know, they had some of the most amazing soundtracks ever, mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink. I'll say that's probably the best ever. Sure. But just being able to hear those bands like in movies in, you know, wider uh, release. Depeche Mode, Living Color, yeah, he had on there. But then, you know, he Fishbone replacements, Mother Love Bone. But because he was dating um, Nancy Wilson, and he's also a classic rock guy, thus his movie. What's the movie he did about being the journalist? Almost Famous. I have never seen that. Oh, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it in 
a good 15 years, but I really enjoyed it when it came out. Might might not stand the test of time. I don't know. Might not hold, but I thought it was great. Kate Hudson is amazing in it. The All kid right. is great in it. It's a, it's a, it was a fun movie. Okay. I, I always mean like, I think I had something against it for some dumb reason when it came out. Who knows? You know, back then, Chip, I wasn't always the beloved, easygoing guy that everyone knows today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then on that soundtrack, he had like Bob Dylan, Joe Satriani, Whitney Houston. So, you know, he threw in some of those, but uh, he did well, a really. Even even with singles, not necessarily on the soundtrack, but in there. I mean, you had Hendrix because, of course, yeah. he's a Seattle guy. You had some blues in there, some jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple other. So I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, the cult She Sells Sanctuary was in there. Yes. There a couple of older songs that i thought were great that definitely weren't that weren't the grunge you know so so he did he did mix it up i did love the one scene where um campbell scott and kira sedgwick are just sitting around playing records listening to records mm-hmm. like the first thing you do is a music geek like looking at what a, and he had a smithereens record front and center which i thought was cool while he was holding a replacements record yes yeah right so you know like all the set pieces, you know, he had a very good eye on like what should be. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he's made some clunkers. I mean, right after this chip, he went on to make Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Right. The, the movie that really just catapulted him, you know, to the stratosphere of like the it director. And it was great, fun movie, almost famous. And then vanilla sky was a little weird. Then Elizabeth town, we bought a zoo. I almost I started watching the movie Aloha, which was literally one of the I could not really. Yeah, I think he's just kind of like, you know, some you unload your clip of what you got. Sometimes that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, he he put some great stuff out there. It's I mean, just fast times at Regiment High alone is a career. Yeah. But then say anything, decent movie singles great almost famous great jerry Maguire. have you seen elizabeth town i've i've actually I, I, seen that it's a very boring movie is it okay it's extremely boring is, um, is elizabeth town the one where they buy a zoo no that's called uh the one where they buy a zoo is called uh we bought a zoo oh, okay i always get those confused no the original working title is we bought an elizabeth town is it okay is that that's right? why right he and his family we need to do something different and there is this town called elizabeth town up okay. for sale here's the weird thing they buy the town elizabeth town there's already like just people living every lives yeah. they buy a bunch of zoo animals okay. release them in the town and it's Ooh. some some people find some of the animals cute the people who died by tiger attack rhino mm-hmm. attack didn't find it as cute oh but it, hey it, it held up for the movie right there so, is, by the way you joke about that there is a movie out there, and I think you probably know what I'm talking about. I can't remember. Exa- there is a famous actress who had famous parents. Was it Meg Ryan or Melanie Griffith? Oh, who had the tigers. They had like right? tigers. Tigers. Like lived with. And I think there was a movie made that was like sort of yeah. documentary. I think but it was Melanie Griffith. Real. Was it called Roar or something like that? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think somebody was horribly. Yep disfigured or killed during the making of this film. yeah this rings a bell it is i think it was might have been melanie griffith or somebody griffith. grew up and, with like crazy so, tigers and who was her mom like tippy hedron or something tippy like hedron that? yeah 
I, I feel like I should Google like actress who grew if, if you just Google right now, actress who grew up with tigers. Okay. I think it is. I think that's what it is, but I'm going to do that right now. Actress who grew <laughs> up with lions. That's what comes lions. up. With lions. Okay. Melanie Griffith reflects growing up with her mother, Tippi Hedren oh, no. and sharing her childhood home with lions and tigers in a series of throwback photos. That's great. I wonder who uh, that And of course, Tippi Hedren, uh, famous birds for now on, Netflix, uh, Birds, one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies. That that is a movie. I know it gets very disturbing at the end, but what a joy to the first half of that movie. There's almost no birds in the movie for the first half of it, or at least no bird attacks. And it's a delightful movie to watch. I will say this, Jeff. Yep. If I can, I'm a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan. The man, everybody calls him a genius. That said, he shot every every shot was perfect. Yep. Jeff, if every shot of every movie, if he was so perfect, why is there not a single piece of bird shit in the entire film the birds are you serious nothing that town would be bodega <laughs> bay would be caked caked in white but doesn't wow. not not a not a single drop of bird droppings like the big scene of the bird should be a, an angry guy coming out to his car and be like what the hell happened <laughs> that's what should yeah, yeah. happen he missed the ball missed the ball on that one swing and a miss Hitch. in the mood in the and to contrast that in the movie psycho that guy shits all over the place oh, like just every scene there's non psycho psycho shit everywhere if you, if you watch psycho it's just if you look at the floor of everything it's just covered in newspaper chip if i was new to um this director what was his name again you said alfred hitchcock, alfred hitchcock. what 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 movie what two movies you say if you want to get into Al, uh, uh, albert hitchcock Al, Al, alfred albie Al, albie Hitch. albie hitchcock what would what would you recommend? We have some young people who listen. Yeah. I will say I'm going to be on a podcast next week called Gutting the Sacred Cow. They asked me to be a guest. And I'm, I will actually do this where they they take a movie, like a beloved movie, mm-hmm. the greatest movies of all times, and you have to pick one and explain why it's terrible. So oh. I'm actually picking Vertigo, which I'm actually not a huge fan of. I, it, people say it's like one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, I, I take issue with it, so I'm going to be trying to tear that one apart. But as far as Hitch goes, I got to give you three. I'm going to give you three yeah, instead right. of two, if that's all right. I'm going to bend the rules. Yep. I love the birds. Mm-hmm. Psycho, just classic. Yeah. And then one of my all-time favorites, Rear Window. Rear Window is a stone-cold classic. Have you seen Have you seen Rear Window? I saw Re- Rear Window probably the most recent, and the thing was, and I was trying to explain to somebody, like, they're like, yeah, it's really good, but it, like, I was, ex- they were expecting more of like the tension and the, oh my God. And I'm like, well, back then, that was the most, like, that was there the was tension. no movie like that with that tension and apprehension and, oh my God, moments. But because there's so many movies that have heightened that, mm-hmm. you know, you grew up on movies like they were all, you know, paying homage to that in certain respects. It almost seems tame oh, yeah. compared to like the crazy stuff you see now. People were running out of the theater during Psycho. We're vomiting <laughs> during Psycho. And it's just you never even see her get hit with a knife. I mean, ever. It's just it's so tame. But back then it was shocking. Did you know? I'm gonna throw a little tidbit at you. Did Ooh. you know that to a to a certain extent, the movie Psycho changed the way Americans watched movies? Did you know that? How how so, Chip? Because I guess back in the day, I don't know why these 
dum-dums back in the 40s and 50s would they would just play movies on a loop at the old movie house right and you would just show up whenever <laughs> just the honest guy truth people just show up and they would watch their okay we're halfway through a movie like turning it on on tv and they would watch half the movie oh the movie's over let's wait 15 minutes it'll start again and then they would watch the beginning of it that's the that's what people used to do Jesus. and hitchcock since spoiler alert 60 years later the the main character gets killed off a half hour into the movie yeah he was like it's not going to make any sense you have he made it a rule where you were they were not allowed to admit people oh once the God. movie started so you had to be there and of course that was a huge selling point because then people were lined up around the block because they had to be there by showtime so that before then people just show up in the middle of a movie i don't I, get, I, I, I don't understand i remember when my dad was little and you know you always hear stories like I had a dime. I'd go to the movie house and I would sit there for eight hours and you yeah. would just walk in whenever and like whatever was playing. They're just mm -hmm. like a couple of cartoons, a couple of shorts halfway through a movie. Yeah. You were just sitting there and watching, you know, Abbott and Costello, you know, yeah. meet, meet whoever. And yeah, I had no idea. That's really yeah. amazing. I, Imagine I, I that you just go in and you're just like, Oh, just saw the main guy die. Yep. Oh, well, all right. Well, let's uh, see how he started out. Like, <laughs> by the way, I, I will say I have never once been to. I kind of miss this era. I've never been to a drive-in movie, drive-in no. movie theater. Yeah. I will say, I, I will say, uh, one time when I was little, my mom lost control of the station wagon. We went through the front of a blockbuster. Yeah, well, but yeah, <laughs> you know what? Well, it also might have something to do with back then. People were just dumber and had lower expectations people were just like knuckle dragging idiots so just like being out just uh, it's uh, 1955 right yeah, the, the, and the thing that really hurt back then chip like because their world was in black and white everything yes. was black and white they were just their senses were dulled yep you know what i mean they're looking at themselves they're just like i have a gray shirt on i have mm -hmm. black pants nothing's fun nothing's vibrant who cares my Go hands are beige yeah it's just yeah. like I do. I do every now and then I'll just throw out a blanket statement and be like, you know, like there's no good black and white movies. Like they yeah. all, you know, and it's not true No. but I rarely, and I have so many friends who are movie buffs. Obviously I like movies. I don't love movies, but people are like, Oh, I turn on a Turner movie classic. I see black and white. I'm staying like, I see Carol Lombard. I see whatever. And most of the time I'm like, Oh, unless unless there's just something different like if it's north by northwest you know i'm staying because that, you know, that's that's a again right a, a great hitchcock movie. right but if it's if it's the manchurian candidate i'm staying like mm -hmm. movies like that but yeah. you know the average you know movie where it's bob hope and some other yeah no I, not, I don't need that i did say, I, I did enjoy the apartment i saw that for the first time ever that's ever good that. jack lemon yeah Lemmon. yeah it's yeah. fun um Kelly and I always make fun of, and for some reason, the last couple of times we were out, we listen to, uh, we listen to XPN a lot, but a lot of times on, we go out on Saturday nights and XPN is the worst station in the world on Saturdays. They play doo-wop into blues music and it's just God awful. So we always put on, we like, I don't know if we listen to B101 or the other one, there's B or Ben FM. We listen ben to FM. both. I think it's Ben. I, if I can put in a plug for Ben FM, I it is ben, ben FM. FM. Yeah, because you, I think someone I know writes some very funny bumpers for them. Might be this guy right here. Write some. Write. Yes. Some, and yep. my girls to this day, they're always like, "Did Chip write that?" Because if if we, you know, 
we laugh at a lot of them. If it's a good one, like my gosh, Chip wrote that. I'm like, pretty sure Chip wrote that. One. There, there are some holdovers that I did not write. So I okay, think it's about, all right. Well, I think it's about fifty fifty. Yeah, and, so, and I, I will say that we'll be driving. And my wife will be like, "Did you write that one?" And I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I was actually writing one the other day. I wrote a couple, and then I got my car and had to run an errand, and I heard the exact sweeper that I had just written 15 minutes before. And I was like, oh, I wrote that a year and a half ago. And I forgot that I did. Because <laughs> you write so many of them. You yeah, yeah. Oh, they're called forget. sweepers. Yeah. Oh, that's Bumper awesome. sweepers. Bumper yeah. sweepers. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Why did I bring up Saturday night? Driving? Saturday nights. You get, you're going out on the date. XPN. Uh, yeah, but before black that, and white, boring. Oh, my God. You I don't love prefer- movies. Yeah, I just completely dropped North the ball. North by Northwest. Yeah. Chip, this brain, it's not what it used to be. It used to be like Oh, a, you, uh, you were bringing up the song Key Largo by Bertie Higgins. Yes. Is that what it was? Who did uh, who did uh, Pina Colada song? Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. So Bertie Higgins did... Key Largo. Key Largo. Rupert Holmes did... Pina Colada song. Pina Colada. Oh, escape, escape, the escape. Parents, the Pina Colada songs. Uh, my wife and I, the last two times, either on ben, I think it was Ben FM, we heard "Breakfast at Tiffany's," the sure. song by by Big Blue Something, mm-hmm. Deep Blue Something, Deep Blue Something. And what we always try to do is sing the plot of the movie in the song. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it's fun. It's like, and you said. I know breakfast at Tiffany's where two people for some reason were, you know, and, and we just, and it's so fun. And yeah. then, and then I take it to a point where I'm like, and did you know that the band um, after Jawbreaker that Blake Schwarzenbach was named his band jets to Brazil after a poster in the movie, that's breakfast at Tiffany's. Like we try to, and Kelly knows the exact plot of the movie breakfast at Tiffany's. It is such a dumb movie. Yeah. It is a weirdly, it's a super odd movie. It's, I'll depre- be honest, I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. Just watch it. Okay. I mean, what it's, it's depressing and sad. Like, I just Good. thought it was about like this Bon Vivant, mm-hmm. you know, Audrey Hepburn falling in love. And I didn't realize there was this weird, like, backcountry weirdness going on. And I like, will say I really do love the Mickey Rooney performance. In yeah, I think that's what the only thing that really holds up. Holds up, yeah. People are very proud of the representation mm-hmm. yeah, that he gave he a like a, a group an underserved people, group, underserved group, and he did it with such a plum, such yes. a. Yeah. <laughs> you and Kim, I want you to drive around, listen to your bumpers and your sweepers, okay. and then I want you to sing the plots of the movie. Okay, I love it. And my kids don't love it. For some reason, Kelly and I love it. For whatever reason, yeah. Uh, Can I give you a a Deep Blue Something fun fact? Yeah. Freshman year of college, Muhlenberg College, 1995, they came to our college, and I purchased a ticket for $5, and I did not go. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) Oh, my God. What what if, if they played, and they're just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to play our hit. You know, we played that enough. We got a yeah. we got a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, let's 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 work out the new album. Work out the new album. Lastly, I was I was feeling, you know, I, I told you my my little Michael show. I was feeling down, and I'm like, what do you do 
when you really just want to laugh, like who's your go-to, right? Mm -hmm. If you really, and I realized it was just per chance. I'm like, I need to just watch something fun. And then I saw something pop up. It was Greg Fitzsimmons, like thousandth podcast episode. And he was being interviewed by his friend, Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis, great episode. And then I said to myself, Zach Galifianakis is the guy who can always fucking make me laugh. I mean, always. And he, his, his like unprepared, goofy, like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly. The way he just, I'll just say he, he tries to say um, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh was, my God. Yeah. Yep. Right. He, he just wanted to reference Colonel Tom Parker as an Elvis reference. And he calls him Uncle Tom, Uncle Parker. Tom Parker. And he doesn't even realize in the way Greg Fitzsimmons just goes, dude, it's Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> and, and, and Zach. Yeah. It's... And the way when Zach loses it, when he starts giggling, like, yeah. Oh, and then of course I'm like, all right, time to go down like a Zach hole. And mm -hmm. firing up everything from, you know, the go-tos beyond two ferns. Uh, oh, that's, that is a go-to of mine. That and Jiminy Glick, uh, I'll go back and watch the highlights. Yeah, so that was time. my question. So Jiminy Glick just, mm -hmm. and yeah, just kind of, you know, given, given the celebs, the old, the, the business. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I, I tell people, if you, if you need a little goodness, just fire up some Zach. I think you might have referenced this on Twitter the other day, but one thing that just gets me, and it's not... On its face, it's not funny, but to watch it, it's a five second clip, and it's the, it just hits me so funny. Yeah, I know. Is that? Do you know what am I going to say? We're we're just normal men. We're just innocent men. We're it's, just innocent men. It's the it's the funny for whatever reason. I just I literally watched it two hours ago. We're just normal men. What do you mean normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> We uh we spent a car ride home, Una and I, breaking down why it was so funny mm -hmm. and like how it could never be replicated. How, and I think it all her snort, yep, her snort where it's so real and she's so like, like I am gonna lose it. This is so damn funny, mm -hmm. and she's so cute. I mean, she yes. is. Yeah the way she just gets right in his face mm -hmm. and he is an amazing, I watched some behind the scenes stuff with him. He is in the most. And is this a British show? Australian? Yeah. British? I believe it's British. Okay. It's it's, I don't think it's on anymore, but he, there's like a, super so for, the, for those of you listening, oh, yeah, better, it is, I, is it some sort of like maybe like almost MTV kind of situation or some sort of it's a children? It's a children's show. It is a children's show. Yeah. Okay. But it has like that adult kind of like, and she is this very telegenic, cute host, and they they have kids on. They introduce segments, and he is just this little like dog puppet, maybe He's a dog or, puppet, yeah. And he has this amazing voice, and it's where also he's British too. Which he's a British, and he has like a little sarcasm to him, but he's mm -hmm. not like playing it up. And he's very proud little dog, and he's. But that's probably always to say if you go watch the clip, but he does like he's in the most uncomfortable spot on his back and he's doing the puppet and he's having to project. Mm -hmm. So there was some behind the scenes thing like peep this went viral like last April and it's continued to just 
And they're like, where did this come from? Like, what, where did this phrase, we're just normal men, we're just in a man. And he quickly told a story that he was with his buddies. They were driving after like seeing a band, they're going to get something. If they get pulled over and his drunk buddy before the cop could say anything, he just said, we're just normal men. And the cop's like, what? He's like, we're just innocent men. <laughs> and the the puppeteer's like, it's the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. But then he walked it back and he's like, oh, that's not true. I just said it on Sparrow. He they said it is probably true, but he might just be walking it back to to, to yeah. But knowing like that was the thing, that's just as funny. It's so funny. But yeah, you can just you just keep playing it over and over because you want to hear. How he's like this is what just just normal man just, just innocent. and there's a there's a pause because you know she knows he's gonna say something funny and she's still confused. It's it's perfect. is that the fu- I mean it, right now that's probably the funniest the bang for your buck quickest bang for your buck yes fifteen seconds and before that for three years I was obsessed with and I would play it all the time just this little British boy in his little British school uniform and his dad's interviewing him and his dad's trying to tell him like, you got to start behaving because Santa's not going to bring you anything. And it just in his little accent, he's like, Oh, I'm afraid of Santa. Santa will not going to bring me to us. Give him an uppercut. And he's just for a minute straight. And his dad's like, mate, mate, you're losing it, mate. You're not going to get any toys. And it's just back and forth. And the boy is so defiant. Oh, just, if you get a chance, Chip, Okay. Little British boy, Santa. That's all you got. All right. I got to watch it. Uh, right. Another another one. This is a little bit longer form, although it, it can be relatively short. Uh, anything Tim Robinson does. Have you oh, watched? Yeah. I think you should leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just everything. It's I just go back to that and I'll watch so many of his sketches that I just pull up every once in a while. The, ta- it, the table sketch has been in, ringing in my ears most recently is just tables table and just if if you can say somebody like in the know like if you see somebody you think you have the same sense of humor they they and you just say tables to them that's short form it's it, that might be my favorite sketch right now i do one of my favorite things to do is when somebody res- responds to something with a tim robinson me- picture or a gif or mean and i don't know what it is mm-hmm. then i go do research then i watch the clip like that's fun like that's like a little discovery of like a fun homework. Yeah. Right. Like somebody, I think I just posted something about my dog wanting something I was eating. And then someone just posts the video of the guy, like, give me that. Yes. And then I'm like, I think I know what this is. And then I go and watch and it's just the guy. <laughs> yeah. So these are ladies and gents. These are just little tips. We end our show with now. Yes. If you need a good laugh, it's a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say you're getting ready for tomorrow, Friday Eve. You need a little fun. That's what you go do. Yeah, there it is. Chip, watch, what do watch. we got coming up, buddy? What do we got coming up? You're healthy now. Are you healthy to be out and about? I'm feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely healthy. I got my st- stupid cough, but that's that'll just mm-hmm. linger for the rest of my life. So that's it. Uh, let's let's see if it, coming out this week. I, I, I you know dare I publicize another podcast but i'm doing this saturday the 29th yeah i'm doing a live our very Ooh. first live recording live taping of me and ken Crance's podcast 
I Love Rock and Roll at the Red Bank Comedy Festival. That's probably near oh, nice. your yeah, neck Red of the Bank's woods awesome. where, you, where you grew yeah. up, Red Bank. Uh, it's in a theater there. And uh, our guest will be Brian O'Halloran from the movie oh, Clerks, yes. uh, who is, who's a friend of the show. So he'll be there. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, is that the Count Basie Theater? <laughs> That's maybe, the only theater I know. And... Maybe, maybe, uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I just have little things here and there. But, you know, of course, follow me at uh, on Twitter and on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Chip Chantry. How about you, Jeffrey? um yeah i got nothing going on chip uh that's 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 how i like it i think i basically like you know i do the uh the dad stuff and then i just in the weekends and after work i just run out in the woods and yeah spend hours like just a feral animal yeah pretty much like i uh i wear like a, a little i have like a little antlers sure. put on. yep yeah no shirt i put some paint on my face yeah sometimes i'll just hide in a bush for like an hour take a breath Nothing either, and I just just run around like an, mm-hmm. a, an idiot. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this was uh, Junk Miles, Chip, and Jeff talking about singles. We will be back in a couple of weeks. We have a guest that we're going to be talking about a fun old movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that isn't that a good uh, dangle out there? Just Chip? just specific enough. Just specific enough. Thank you guys. We will see you later, Chip. I'll talk to you later, Jeffrey. Well done, my friend. Uh, and and Jeffrey. Yeah, I have to say that unlike most of the people I know. You are not filled with an emotional larceny. Whoa.